0: All right, welcome back to the channel again this week, ladies and gentlemen. And today we're going to kick off with a warning that has just been given to the UK and Europe from Qatar and also Saudi Arabia. And of course, it involves energy usage. So the warning is for the citizens, I would say, more than the leadership or the politicians of the country and this just keeps building and building on top of what we keep seeing so the esg environmental social and governance as well as the destruction of energy moving more towards a renewable energy future so let's get straight into the shared screen here and let's go over a couple of these articles let's begin then with this bloomberg article Qatar warns Europe of gas shortages in switch to renewables. Qatar warns that governments' energy transition policies will discourage investment in fossil fuels and lead to scarcities of natural gas in the coming decade. Key word here is decade, including in Europe. There's going to be a big shortage in gas in the future, predominantly because of the energy transition push that we'd say is very aggressive. Keyword on aggressive. Saeed Al-Kabi, Qatar's energy minister, said at the Qatar Economic Forum in Doha on Tuesday, economic stability and environmental responsibility are not mutually exclusive. You have to have Both. His comments were echoed on the same panel by his Saudi counterpart, of whom we've talked a lot about him recently, of Saudi. So he said policymakers in the UK and elsewhere, so he's talking about Europe, USA, etc., had their blinkers on. They are overly optimistic about how quickly oil and gas can be phased out and replaced by renewables and cleaner Energy. Now, I want you to pay attention to this paragraph here where they're talking about gas prices slumping in Europe. And we talked about the self-sanctions, which we've talked about a lot of times, where the continent, i.e. the European continent... Made the decision to cut supplies to nations such as Germany. So that was the sanctions against Russia going into Ukraine. So we've talked about that a lot already. No need to go over that again. But this is quite interesting. Much of the fall in prices that we've been seeing was down to a warm winter in the Northern Hemisphere and weak growth in China. Now that's key because if we look at the next paragraph, The only thing that saved humanity and your, gosh, I didn't even realize that word first time I read it. The only thing that saved humanity. I think that's a little bit alarmist to use that word, but uh, okay, let's run with it. This year was a warm winter and a slowdown in the economy worldwide. If the economy comes back in 2024... The worst is yet to come. So he's talking about both the opening up of the economies and if we have a freezing cold winter in Europe towards the end of this year. Qatar is one of the world's biggest producers of liquefied natural gas, AKA LNG. And like many other gas rich nations, it's investing tens of billions of dollars to boost its capacity. So it's actually increasing from 77 million up to 126 million. And we'll also see why that's interesting in another article because he's talking about how the demand on gas is uh, expanding or exploding, as was the word used in another article. He goes on to say that we're lining up people to negotiate with. We're so busy. And remember, we've covered why they're so busy and why a lot of these BRICS nations are so busy. And that is because they've started doing a lot more trade amongst one another now you'll see why all of this connects together in a moment but we just had this cnbc article come out today as well oil giant shell braces for shareholder revolt over climate plans after record profits. I've highlighted this line here because it says Shell is aiming to become a net zero emissions business by 2050. Are they really? Very, very doubtful in my opinion. So Shell have had somewhat of a shareholder revolt over the last few days where a small number of shareholders have tried to uh, enforce this climate resolution 26 so that Shell would come in line with the landmark Paris Agreement to cut their carbon emissions by 2030. So what that means is cutting emissions by 45%, so it only would give them about six and a half years. Of course, Shell have said to all the shareholders not to vote in favor of it because it will affect profits. And that is the key thing here. And why I don't think that they are going to hit this uh, target by 2030, 2040, 2050 because their profits are based on energy, which is not from renewable energy. In fact, if we look at this line here, Shell actually reported its highest ever annual profit of nearly $40 billion, which was for last year 2022. And yet what happened to us, we ended up with higher energy prices. But this is the article I thought was one of the most interesting, before we go on to rice farming and a few other things, which you'll find quite interesting. This is from the Wall Street Journal. And ironically, I only talked about these things on Friday's Walk & Talk and the shareholders in this technology. So this is being pushed very, very heavily. These, These giant fans, basically, which remove carbon from the atmosphere so the headline reads that JP Morgan makes one of the biggest bets ever on carbon removal and this is you know being touted a lot and they're going to be removing huge amounts of carbon from the atmosphere so as usual I just did a very simple calculation which uh, once I did that calculation uh, it was quite obvious what was actually going on so they've agreed to invest more than 200 million dollars to purchase carbon credits from several companies in the industry. We're jumping in the pool all in, said JP Morgan's head of sustainability. But when we actually get into this, it's not what it seems. JP Morgan is also among the largest financiers of both fossil fuels and clean energy. So it's a bit like during previous wars where certain people would fund both sides of the war. And it was only last week we talked about how the bank has been criticized by Republicans for giving priority to ESG rather than profitability for the pension holders and the shareholders. And that's why West Virginia actually banned JP Morgan from doing business with the state last year, and that was all about esg and said that it was damaging as it were the coal industry so this big investment they're doing then how much will it actually remove well it says that it's going to remove twenty-five thousand metric tons of carbon from the atmosphere over nine years so when you actually put it into context over nine years it's actually not that much at all and in fact when we compare this to, and I don't like this website, by the way. It's called OurWorldInData.org. So, so uh, manipulated these figures. But let me show you anyway. These are the CO2 emissions, according to them. And the world puts out over 35 billion tons of CO2 per year. And of course, they claim that it's CO2, which is the biggest contributor to heating the earth. They don't take into account any other factors of course so if we just do a a really simple calculation then and you take that 35 billion and you divide it by i think it was yeah 25,000 tons well in fact the number is so tiny as a, fr- a fraction of even 1% that uh, it's not worth calculating so all of this talk about them being you know the biggest contributor to removing carbon from the atmosphere and all this other stuff is just not true. This is simply playing the game to get more investment so they can push what they are pushing. And even if you look at Microsoft, which is obviously pushed by Bill Gates, they're not removing that much either. Here's JP Morgan, here's Microsoft. This is nothing compared to actual emissions and they put out a statement on microsoft as well in the sector's largest ever deal microsoft said last week it would pay for about 2.8 million tons of removal through a this is what made me smile a little bit wood chip fired power station in denmark operated by uh, this energy firm okay okay so let's just look at that a second so they're going to be removing carbon through using a wood chip fired power station it just didn't make any sense to me whatsoever so i had to really dig into this a lot more and to find out what exactly they meant by this and i then found this article which was somewhat linked all about biochar which if you've ever studied farming or or should i say ancient farming in the Amazon and things like this, you may have seen this documentary where they used to create huge yields by using a combination of this biochar with other things. So in effect, without reading this entire article, that is what Microsoft is kind of investing into. But the whole premise is based on the fact that that this biochar stays in the earth for hundreds or thousands of years when it's used for farming. That is never going to happen. So all of this stuff that they're talking about here and all this removal is a mute point, really. It's irrelevant because this is no way going to stay in the ground for farming for hundreds or thousands of years. Now, the other one doing the round at the moment has been coming out from AFP News Agency. And this one is really bizarre. Uh, uh, Let's open this up from VOA News. So, this one is called How Vietnam is Trying to Stop Rice Warming the Planet. And it's so funny how these stats change every single week, depending on what they're talking about. First of all, it was 40% of emissions come from cows, then it was 30% come from sheep, and then it was 20% come from this, and 10% comes from that, then it was 70% comes from Uh, airlines. Then it was 45% come from cars. I mean, I'm no genius, but if you add that up, I'm pretty sure it goes over 100%. And now they've added another 10% here. 10% uh, comes from rice because it traps 80 times as much heat as carbon dioxide. Uh, And their message is rice cannot be ignored. Rice needs to be tackled in order to cut emissions. So a couple of points I've pulled out from this article. Since around 100 countries signed the Global Methane Pledge two years ago, agreeing to reduce emissions by 30% from 2020 levels by 2030. That is somewhat of a decrease in emissions. Uh, Good luck to them doing that without destroying a lot of the crop. Now, the other thing that was quite ironic was that who didn't sign this bill, China and India? And this is what they'll never tell you on these websites that are completely biased. If we actually scroll down, yes, here it is. So let me open this up for you, and uh, this is as close as I can get to this. But if you look at the who emits the most CO2, it's China. It's right there. In fact, if you combined USA, EU, and Russia, the, the next three after China and India, It only just fits into China. So all of this talk about countries like, especially in Europe, I can't even see the UK on here. The square is so tiny that it doesn't even fit. And you have all these tiny countries in these tiny little boxes making these huge cuts. And yet, look at China, look at India, look at Japan, look at Iran, look at these countries here in Asia. And the amounts they produce are multiple times of some of the other Western countries. But of course it's not popular opinion to say that. And it's interesting because I found in the archives from the independent, so this goes back to 2018. So this stuff was going on way before I even started tracking it. We're going back four and a half years here. Uh, rice farming up to twice as bad for climate change as previously thought. Study reveals. What what is this study? They never They never put it in here. And then again, different statistics, (laughs) again, 45 times higher this time. So we keep hearing 10% here, 80 times there, 45 times there. You would have thought at this point that these these groups would start working together and just making sure their numbers align. Scientists at the US-based advocacy group, the Environmental Defense Fund, suggest, again, the word is suggest, the short-term warming impact of these additional gases in the atmosphere could be equivalent to 1,200 coal power plants. Now, another thing you, you always want to look at whenever you study in any of the, anything that's science-based is they use words like could be and suggest. And this is very softening language because it's not a certainty. I.e. they say there's a study, but sometimes they don't publish the study. And that's one of the ways you know the difference between what is an actual fact and what is um, something that is uh, a lot more loose, shall we say. But I did wanna highlight this in this green box here, because this was back in 2018, remember? Past estimates have suggested that 2.5% of human-induced climate warming can be attributed to rice farming. So here they're saying it's only 2.5%. They then go on to talk about this new gas, which is gonna be the the next big one, I would uh, guess, and this is nitrous oxide. So they're sort of just jumping from one gas to the other. And I actually remember, Going back a couple of years when I was talking about, well, all of this sort of stuff, people said, well, Neil, I'm not affected by this. This doesn't make any difference to me. And if you recall, I talked about how Germany would be hit first from the energy decrease. Well, I want to just bring your attention to this article that's just come out again today from Bloomberg. Eurozone factories flounder with activity shrinking at fastest pace since the pandemic. Eurozone manufacturing activity shrank this month at the fastest pace, threatening to sap momentum from an economy driven by services. An index based on surveys of purchasing manager across the region unexpectedly, no it wasn't unexpectedly, Uh, dropped to 44.6 in may further below the 50 level that indicates contraction so that is 10 percent below actually so that is pretty severe now this is what i wanted to show you here the report adds to mounting evidence that the manufacturing woes of germany europe's biggest economy are an increasing drag on the wider region so there we go it took 18 months for that forecast i made to actually come into play. But we are now in the midst of it. It chimes with a survey released Monday by the DHIK business lobby, which pointed to zero growth there this year as companies see no evidence of a pickup taking hold. And it's not just Germany that's starting to suffer. If we look at the UK, UK households with communal heating facing 350% rise in energy costs. I mean, that is staggering. 350 percent rise. Residents in council homes and private flats with communal heating system are experiencing a nightmare rise in their energy bills, with households scrambling to fund increases of up to 350 percent. Now, this is already on top of increases we've previously seen. An estimated 480,000 households, and this is just in the UK, a very small country, by the way, are affected. The article goes on to say which house some of the lowest income families in the country. Uh, The cost of living scandal, good word to use for it, is having a devastating effect on our communities. Meanwhile, the £400 given by the government to every household to cushion the blow last winter is no longer available. So we're seeing all sorts of percentage increases right from this estate in East London, up 250%, through to others which are much higher than that. Uh, they were told in a letter from the building owner, the heating tariff would rise from 2p a kilowatt to 22p. That is absolutely Enormous. That is an 11x increase. <laughs> you know, imagine if you got a 100% increase. That would be bad enough. This is 11x. So, how much do some of these residents have to find? They have to find an extra 60 pounds to 76 pounds per week. I mean, that is huge for people who don't have a lot of money in the first place. Tenants in larger flats have been told the combined heating and hot water bill will rise from £959 last year to £4,344 for the financial year ending March 2024, a 350% increase. But not only that, the council adds a 16.5% management cost on the building, including the heating and hot water. So I don't think I need to go on. I think you get the idea of what is happening here. Nothing good at all so i can understand why these warnings have come out from qatar and saudi arabia as well as other brics nations to western leaders about the destruction of energy but remember it's not just energy that's been destroyed as we're going through this transition to renewables it's also a lot of other things it's food as we looked at there where they were talking about rice But it's livestock, we're seeing that. We're seeing a lot of destruction of a lot of industry, uh, farming, and energy. But I'll leave it here for today. Thank you so much for being a subscriber here. Take care, God bless, and I will see you tomorrow.